Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 47 of the Lessons Learned podcast. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see that I am in a different space than I normally record in. Welcome to my writing gazebo. It is a wonderful, cozy, lovely space that I haven't been able to use until now because we were redoing our backyard and now it's finally settled into where it's going to exist in our backyard. We had to rent a crane to move it but now it is settled. And I decided that for the winter months, this is going to be my book writing space, my podcasting space, my painting and reading space. And I'm so happy that you're here with me to enjoy it. And you will be for episodes coming up as well. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the importance of planning and why planning matters to our mental health. And this is a really important topic to me for a number of reasons. When I was at the, in the throes of my sickness and recovery, when it came to my cancer diagnosis and my neurological illness, the only ways that I made it through my recoveries was through planning the meals that I was going to eat, planning who was going to be around me when I was in recovery, planning where I was going to be, and then planning the small details of each day. And it was with those plans and with that intentionality that I went from having really terrible recoveries after my first cancer surgery to really comfortable and well thought out and safe recovery when I had my endometriosis surgery in 2018. And part of the reason I think I was able to adapt well to pandemic and lockdown life is because I had a taste of long-term quarantine in a house when it came to having to recover from multiple surgeries. Whether it was a four-week recovery after my cancer surgeries to a 12-week recovery after my endometriosis surgery, to grapple with that idea of being in a single space for three months was really difficult. And in that instance, it was supposed to only be eight weeks, but then I had a complication that made it that much longer. And I share this with you because what I learned during those recoveries was so critical to my action plan and being able to pivot and shift so well and fluidly during this pandemic time. And again, I'm not saying that I didn't have difficulty or that it was easy. No. I'm not saying those things, but I was able to lean on how I planned for those past recoveries and apply how I did that to how I pivoted during the pandemic, basically borrowing my resiliency. And I talk about this in the Next Right Step program around looking at different areas of our life where we've been through hard things, where we've overcome difficulty, and then saying, how can I apply this? to my current circumstance, the thing that's challenging me a lot right now, and how can I borrow knowing that I overcame the hard thing over here and apply it to the hard thing I'm facing right now. 
Now, before I dive into the various ways and reasons that planning is important to our mental health, I want to give you guys a life update. I haven't sat down to record a solo episode in two months, three months. I feel rusty. (laughs) It actually took Maddie on my team to remind me that I just needed to sit down and push record in order to be here and to, you know, just start and share what's on my heart and then come back into my rhythm of recording for all of you. And so that's what we're going to do. I left off, we were doing the lessons in resilience, and I love that we've been able to now have guests on the show by sharing the Instagram live series with all of you. And it was so fun to interview that group of people that we did for that first quote unquote season of Lessons in Resilience. A lot of them are my friends. Some are people that I was meeting for the first time via our 30 minute conversation. But what I learned from those conversations on resilience and resiliency is that there is a through line, that there are commonalities and common traits when it comes to how we flex our resilience when it comes to mindset, when it comes to leaning on the stories of others and vicariously gaining strength strength from the stories of others in order to move through the hard seasons that we're in. So in this time where some of us are heading back into a second lockdown, it is so vital right now to find sources sources of inspiration online for yourself, to find stories to dive into that are going to uplift you, that are going to give you some hope in hard times. And it's also important to, and we're now I'm diving into the planning piece of it, but to plan according to what you want your winter to be like. So something that I did, and I'll come back to this actually, but I'm going to talk about how I am preparing my brain for winter. And this could be an episode in and of itself, but briefly getting, you know, a new winter jacket putting our snowshoes and our skis by the front door so that they're available before the first snowfall has even come. Um, Picking movies that I want to watch during this Halloween season so I can be cozy indoors as the season's changing. Putting a calendar in and subscribing to a calendar um, on my Google Cal to show me when the sun rises, rises and sets every day so that I can plan to go for a walk during light hours and you know, I am slowly working towards waking up earlier in the winter so that I can enjoy more daylight. And you guys know, all of y'all know that I am a night owl. And so choosing this for the winter has been rewarding because I know that I'm going to enjoy more sunlight. So I have the right why in order to change this very entrenched habit of mine um, for the winter months. We'll see if it sticks around post-winter. And so as we try and figure out how are we going to support ourselves with positive things during these winter months, um, that's how I really felt about the lessons in resilience and why those conversations were so important to me to share with all of you. Because a lot of the people that you heard from were people who inspired me when I was in my the depths of my own darkness, when I was looking for my own inspiration and motivation. So if you are looking for some of that, head back to any of the last sort of dozen episodes of the show, um, because they are all wonderful interviews with incredible people. And next, the Next Right Step program. (laughs) We did it. We did our first cohort and it went so well. I was able to teach for the first time over this four-week period, the roots of resilience, community, self-efficacy, 
impact and identity, work, and wellness, and interview people like Lavia Jai Jones and Valerie Kaur, and incredible people, Mina B, mental health practitioner, and incredible human, and Deepika Mutyala, the founder of Live Tinted. And through those interviews, give attendees the opportunity to dive deeper into themselves and their stories by hearing how these people that I look up to and now our attendees and so many others look up to um, navigate that specific aspect and area of their life. Simultaneously, while we were delivering the program to our first 40, 45 people who went through it with us, which is incredible, I actually spent... um, I'll tell you a little bit about the book writing process that I'm starting, but today I was working on part of the proposal and um, a key part of it asks, you know, how, what do you want people to say when they come into your DMs? How do you want them to talk about the book? What do you want them to say to you? And so I was going back through the feedback forms from the Next Right Step program through this channel that we have on our Slack as a team called Praise, which is where we go to share any good messages that you you all send us, whether it is an outstanding review of this podcast. Shameless plug, please leave us a, a review on iTunes. It would mean so much, especially if you're loving this content. Push pause, go write a review, come back. That would be amazing. Um, and it brought me to tears because we delivered the next right step. And two days later, my uncle passed away very suddenly in his sleep. And so I went from going through this very intense period of time and to finish my thought previously, um, while we were simultaneously delivering the program, I was creating the curriculum at the same time. So I was interviewing these incredible thought leaders and then also diving deep deep, deep into the research around resilience and around the roots of resilience and creating workbooks that turned into almost a hundred pages of activities, of readings, of research for our attendees to really sink their teeth into so that they could not only see through our lived experience that the guest and myself would share during sessions, but that there is tens of thousands of people who have been gone through rigorous studies around these various aspects of um, tactics to improve our mental health, to improve our resiliency. And I was able to distill a lot of that into the workbooks of this program. So it was a dream to be able to officially now call myself an educator, to be so proud of the curriculum I created, um, and to have learned so much in the process about myself, about our team, to have had 40 to 45 incredible humans go through this experience and then to provide the type of feedback and testimonials that they did. It is one of those moments in my life where I can sit back and say, I am in my calling. I am in that which I am here to do, which is to help a generation of BIPOC women um, really tap into and fully express their potential. And that is a deeply rewarding, powerful why, or as Angela Duckworth calls it, who is the writer of Grit, which I'm going to get into. There's so much to share with you. So we've got book writing to come back to and me being back in school at the University of Pennsylvania to come back to where Angela Duckworth is a professor. And she calls it a superordinate goal. So that bigger something that is beckoning you in your life that remains unchanged, like that why, that 
thing that's pulling at you. And for me, it's always been one semblance of, you know, supporting women, identifying people to maximize their potential, um, to get access to education, to fully believe in themselves and see themselves in the world around them, to heal themselves and recover and know that they can and to also maximize their resilience. They're all one in the same. And that's my superordinate goal that drives me every single day. And so to see the next right step and soon to be your best year, our virtual year planning retreat come to life and be that bigger expression of what I'm here to serve and how I'm here to teach others and how I'm here to shift people's perspectives and change their lives, which seeing the testimonials is happening. Wow. Like that's so cool and such a privilege and to have created these programs during a pandemic feels so wild but so right because now more than ever we need access to this kind of research understanding of ourselves um, in ethical meaningful ways I was always hesitant to put myself in the personal development and self-improvement space because I just felt like it was kitschy, unresearched, and unethical in a lot of ways. But I found my sweet spot and way of doing it in an integrity-filled way that makes sense to me and that can have big impact. So that feels really, really fucking good. And now this is an explicit episode, <laughs> but I needed that emphasis in that moment. So that was the next Right Step program. Um, and it took a lot out of me. Like I really knew I was pushing myself during that time and I did it intentionally and I had planned a good month off after the program had wrapped, but as life does, things happen. And two days later, as I shared earlier, my uncle passed away in his sleep. And this is my dad's younger brother, his only living brother. And he was like my dad. And he, he's gone now. And it, I couldn't not go home. Um, and we were planning to go back to Alberta a week later for an extended trip to see my family because I hadn't seen my parents since Christmas, so almost nine months at that point. And we had to pull up our flight, pack in like a day, and then we went to Grand Prairie. And because of the pandemic, my family members who were able to attend, there was such a depth of love and belonging and connection that we experienced and gratitude for being with each other to process the loss that we were all experiencing and be there for my cousins and my chachi. Um, and I'll never forget that time. I'll never forget that experience. I'll never forget how we were able to show up and love on each other so well. And to be there during a time like this in the world was a gift because I know a lot of people aren't able to grieve their people in person or together or have a funeral right now. So we were very, very grateful that we could. And once the funeral wrapped, and like when funerals happen in our family, I am a logistics person on the digital side of things. So the program supporting on the obituary and getting that into the paper, into the funeral home, the slideshow that we do, um, any virtual digital things that come up, like that's my domain. And so that's what I was working on while I was home. 
And it was sort of this continued on adrenaline and necessity um, period of work and connecting and being there for my family that happened. And once the funeral wrapped, oh my goodness, I crashed hard. Uh, and Mitch and I planned a vacation to Banff, which was beautiful and helped filled my cup semi fill my cup. And it was just like I had planned to a T August and program delivery and had the break come and I'd been able to have it. I think I could have prevented the burnout that I went through. But again, life happens, pandemic happens, loss happens, and you adapt. And in this case, it meant I was not at my full capacity until honestly last week uh, or prop no this week because we were in Alberta for almost two months in total and it was beautiful to be with my family um on a personal side my brother's plumbing backed up my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephews and my niece had to move in with my parents in April on top of having a pandemic their house like they couldn't live in their house anymore so they moved into my parents house and so for September and October I got to live in my childhood home with my brother my sister-in-law my nephews my niece my parents my aunt with my other aunt coming and going it felt so so amazing and it was like a once in a lifetime opportunity for us all to be under the same roof together. And I wasn't, you know, at my full energy and capacity and but it was still such a nice place for me to be to be with loved so well and around the people I care for while going through existential crises in my own way because that's what happens when we get burnt out. Um so fast forward to now and I'm back home. And during this time as well, my program at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm studying applied positive psychology, doing an advanced certificate in it. Um, I decided against a master's because a master's is $70,000 US. And this program is a fraction of that, but also gives me the introduction that I want to the various parts of flourishing and well-being and research that is around the space of positive psychology, which is really deepening my own expertise and understanding of resiliency of these various aspects of how do human beings flourish what allows us to live really good lives and applying it with an intersectional lens so this has been really great but school's intense especially school and work when i'm just used to like work filling up my days as an entrepreneur having boundaries around school and work doesn't exist so there were a couple of all-nighters both in august during the next right step program and then again um as I started school back up, but that's neither here nor there. We're hopefully in a better routine now, but we'll see. Um, so being back in school has been deeply rewarding. I finished my first class and now I'm starting my second one tonight. And I'm starting book writing, which is an incredible thing to finally be committing to with the help and support of my friend Rakim Mutta, um, who has helped publish um, books with Ruby Core, and I just feel so, so amazing to be supported by two of my best friends in this process of writing my first ever memoir, book, advice book, whatever this is turning into. So this has been a big season. Right now, we are launching Your Best Year, the virtual um, year planning retreat that I'm creating. It's going to happen December 5th and 6th. Um, we are, I'm starting book writing, and I am back in school. 
And we're finally back home. When we came back from Alberta, my father-in-law asked if we could self-isolate for a little while at a hotel. And so we did that. And that limbo really messed with me too. (laughs) But now we're finally home. And we're home for the long haul. We will be here for a while. And I don't know about you, but like pre-pandemic, I was traveling once every couple of weeks. And now that just feels daunting. And I think it's because of the level of stress we all experience. Like our nervous systems are like overwhelmed. It's just a weird time. So I'm just happy to be settled at home for at least the next couple of months while we go through delivering your best year. (sighs) So that's my life update. It's been good. It's been intense. It's been filled with joy and lots of tears and sorrow, existential feelings, but also rooting and grounding and being in this knowing of what I'm doing. And I feel like that in a nutshell is everybody's life right now. Oh, and on top of that, the election is happening this week. So if you are American, I don't think you need to be reminded, but I'm going to say it here. Please vote. (laughs) Please go out and vote. And I am someone who will say, please go out and vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's also amazing for you to exercise your right to vote. But we also know this is a place where I speak openly about my values and what I believe in. And I would very much love if I could vote, now that you can, for those who are listening, for you to go vote for Joe Biden. So much more can be said on that, but we're going to leave it at that. So why don't we get into now why planning is so critical to our mental health and well-being. So the first reason, achievement is a key aspect of well-being. So the PERMA model of well-being was created by Martin Seligman, who is seen as the the founding father of positive psychology. He is still at the University of Pennsylvania. He created the program that I'm a part of. And PERMA stands for the P is positive emotion. The E is engagement. R, relationships. M is meaning. And A is achievement. And we don't need to worry about the other parts of PERMA for today, but achievement is a key aspect of human flourishing and human well-being. What is achievement? It is us setting goals committing to those goals, achieving those goals. It is us creating meaning, which is also one of the parts of PERMA, and allowing those goals to be a part of us achieving and moving towards that meaning. So in all this research I'm doing around positive psychology, not research that I'm doing, research that I'm learning about around positive psychology, goal setting, organization, and planning are key aspects to various parts of us feeling well, resilient, and capable in our day-to-day life. And I think it's wildly underemphasized, especially in the personal development space and in the online business space. And this is a big reason why the Your Best Year program is something I have been so excited to bring to life the last few years. Yes, this is an idea. I've been wanting to year plan with all of you for many years, and I'm finally doing it now, um, is because imagine... If we know that achievement is critical to human flourishing, that this is a key part of what makes us feel good as human beings, makes us feel like capable, makes us feel powerful, makes us feel confident, makes us feel like we're here for a reason. Goal setting helps us realize that we are here for a reason. And it can feel very flippant when we talk about goals and dreams and all these pieces, but without a goal, we have no plan or, for, or thing that's pulling us forward towards a desired future. So if we're in a pandemic, as we are, and we are sitting in our homes, 
and we don't define for ourselves where we are going, the path that we are on, we're going to feel lost. We're going to feel disconnected. And it will lead us to having increased likelihood of feelings of depression, of sadness, increased stress, because we don't have our own clarity, our own inner compass, our own North Star of where we're trying to go. So that's what I want to help folks create is find that North Star within yourself. And A, achievement as part of the PERMA model is a key aspect of that piece of why planning and goal setting is critical to our mental health. It is literally part of the research. Achievement enables us to live a good life and to flourish. So the first part of why planning is important to our mental health is because achievement is a key part of what enables humans to flourish and a key aspect to human well-being. The second is motivation and momentum. So having a goal pulls us forward, enables us to find that North Star that's going to guide us towards where we want to go. It also gives us agency as human beings to know that we get to choose what we want to do next. And again, this comes back to like Maslow's hierarchy. If our basic needs are met and we're in that space where we can look at self-actualization and moving ourselves forward, this is a key part of that. But even if those basic needs are not met, if there's certain parts of your foundation in life that need time and attention, planning is one of the most important ways for us to get there. Whether it's a job hunt, whether it is meal planning and prep and figuring out how we want to nourish ourselves, um, whether it is our mental health strategies, how are we going to consistently see our therapists, planning is a key to motivation and momentum. And I just don't know where I would be in my life without having created a planning strategy for myself that I come back to over and over again when I need to pivot, change things, um, and find out what my next right step is. So part one, achievement is a key part of human flourishing. Number two, um, planning allows us to build momentum and find motivation. So the third reason why planning is critical to our uh, supporting our mental health and well-being is it can actually help us prevent burnout and recover from burnout. I'm going to link a really great article in the show notes that dives deeper into this piece about exactly how you can use it to recover from burnout, how you can use goal setting to recover from burnout. But essentially what it shares is that when we're in a state of burnout, when we're feeling depleted at work, overworked, mistreated, um, and as though we have no energy, willpower, or motivation available to us, we have to restructure and reevaluate our goals because they do, rec- they do give us that forward momentum that I was talking about in, in the second step. And we need to recreate that sense of momentum for ourselves. Alternatively, when we're also in that depleted state, we focus almost entirely on negative. And we end up going into a space of, I need to prevent negative things from happening instead of being called towards creating more positive momentum in my life. I've been there. I know when I'm in that like fragile state where I wake up in the morning and I don't want to see the emails that come in. I don't want to see what my business partner was saying to me. I don't, I just don't have capacity for any of those pieces. And there is a fragility that comes where I'm just like, I just don't, I just want to focus on not doing something wrong. And that becomes almost like its own self-fulfilling prophecy because we have no energy to create positive momentum or to start doing things well in our work days. So I highly encourage you to check out this article on using goal setting to come back from burnout because it looks at these various aspects of it from the negative mindset, how to shift that to how you can go about restructuring your goals 
um, to looking at things that you want to do versus have to do and figuring out the balance between those two things. If you're feeling like you're on the cusp of burnout, this is something that I think will be a really valuable resource to you. Um, but also reinforces why planning is so critical to supporting our mental health and well-being. So reason number four that planning is critical to uh, supporting our mental health is because without planning, self-care doesn't happen. Again, if we don't plan it, our self-care and how we take care of our well-being doesn't happen. And I know this firsthand. When I was home in Grand Prairie, I was not planning my days effectively. It was hard for me to create a morning routine because I wasn't in my own place. And I really just didn't. And I felt so clearly, I could like pinpoint why my mental health wasn't in a great place all the time and why I would feel down on myself on certain days, overwhelmed on other days. It was because there was no morning routine to speak of. The basics I wasn't taking care of when it came to my own personal well-being. Um, and because I wasn't moving, I wasn't exercising because I didn't make a plan before I went home for how I would implement that on a daily basis because I was moving every day before I left to go to Grand Prairie. So this one is too real for me. <laughs> um, my mental health was impacted because I wasn't planning my self-care. And so if you have self-care and wellness goals, this is your sanity check, reality check that without a goal, without a strategy in place, without a plan in place, it is going to make it very unlikely that you're going to successfully achieve that goal. So take some pen to paper, take some time to brain dump and figure out the right strategy for you to make that thing that you really want to make happen, happen. Because you deserve to be well. You deserve to feel good. And there's no better way than planning it out than to do that. And I know that I'm kind of hitting the, like it right on the nose with this because this is why we do weekly journal prompts for you. This is why this is what I talk about because planning is truly the strongest, most powerful form of self-care and well-being practice that I know of. And I'm so like happy that I just get to talk about it with you for the next three weeks and onwards and in your best year when we do the virtual retreat together um, because it's going to literally be your container to just write, like go through the process with me. I have a framework we're going to be walking through so that you don't need to worry. You're not going to feel overwhelmed, but you're going to have the time to write out exactly what you want to happen for yourself next year. We're going to talk about ways to be resilient when you have to pivot because it's inevitable right now in COVID and quarantine times that what you write down in December together is likely not going to fully pan out, but there are key parts of it that will. And so, yeah, I need to also do this for myself is what's my 2021 plan? How, is my, how am I going to keep improving my self-care? But I'll show you the difference between that experience of feeling lost and disconnected to my self-care when I was in Grand Prairie to now back in Ottawa, I have my space back. I have my decluttered workspaces. I have our, you know, home gym that we've created for ourselves. So look around your space and also say like, how can I best organize the space that I'm in, especially if you're heading back into lockdown, like many of us are, to do a little pre-winter reorganization of the space that you're in so that you can feel as well as possible right now. Because studies also show that clutter can lead to increased likelihood of negative feelings, stress, depression, weight gain. Um, so take this as another opportunity to remind yourself that, hey, maybe I should just do a bit of a deep clean, a reorg, 
of my space before we head into the dead of winter. So that is reason four that planning is really supportive to our mental health and well-being. So number one was achievement is research-backed, a key part of human flourishing. Um, The second is motivation and momentum, having something that pulls us forward. Uh, Goal setting and planning is key for that. The third is it can help prevent burnout or help us recover from burnout. The fourth is that it enables us to actually do meaningful self-care for ourselves. Without a plan in place, we are likely not to take care of ourselves. It's always just going to end up being an intention instead of an action. So let's go from intention to action with a solid plan. So reason number five uh, for why planning is so critical to supporting our mental health is that task-based planning helps build our self-efficacy. Task-based planning builds our self-efficacy. So when we make lists, when we take time to plan, it helps us reinforce our own sense of competence in our capabilities to make it through a day, to do small and large things, to move through hard things. And that in turn builds our self-efficacy, which is our belief in ourselves that we can work through problems. And it can sound like a small thing, but even just like the list that you make in the morning about the things you want to do around your home space that's enough of a starting point for you to build momentum, consistency, and confidence in a day. So that's why people say make your bed first thing in the morning, because seeing that bed made is actually going to help build momentum for you to task stack and get into a groove with getting things done that day. And I'm going to bring this back to COVID and quarantine time. It can feel overwhelming to think about 2021. It can be really overwhelming to think about planning, getting organized, because it feels like everything is just chaos. And so why plan when things are chaotic? But if anything, this is, this is the most critical time where we should be planning and can plan. Because when we are in chaos, it gives us an opportunity to get really clear on what we actually can control in our lives and what actually matters most to us in our lives. And that's a deep sense of clarity that I'm feeling right now, especially when it comes to my physical wellness. I've put on the (laughs) COVID-15 and I think a lot of us have. We have convenience when it comes to food. When I was at home, I was eating and enjoying so much uh, time with my family and us, you know, coming together over meals. And so I really needed good food as my support, as my through line, as a bit of my coping mechanism the last nine months and I'm owning that and I loved every second of it and now I know that my physical body needs a bit of time and attention um, so that it can start feeling a little bit better and that clarity for me is helping build the momentum I need to set the goals that I want to achieve and to make that happen and continue to support my mental health and well-being and It's enough momentum to pull me forward to feel like I'm working towards something important in spite of the chaos around me. So it's really important during this COVID time to get clear on what matters most to you, what needs your most time and attention, getting that pen to paper, and then rebuilding your own belief in yourself and your belief in your capacity to come through hard things and your belief that you can come out of whatever this is, whatever this period of time is, feeling as good as you possibly can. I'm not going to say better than when you went into it and all this shit that people are saying about like, 
it's just not worth that. But at the very least, to feel like you put your best foot forward and that you are proud of the efforts that you made and how you showed up through this very messed up period of time. And one last thing that I want to leave you with um, before I review these five different areas is that there's not going to be a return to life pre-pandemic. And so if this is life now for a while, let's get cozy. Let's look around and assess our reality and say, okay, what, what do I want to change and why? And how am I going to get about to doing that? And let's figure that out together. So if you are interested in doing your planning with me, in setting your intentions for 2021, in making an action plan for yourself, and not only that, but getting quarterly check-ins with your full cohort of people that are going to do this program with you. We're going to do three check-ins every quarter next year so that we can not only make our plan together, but sustain our plan together. If this sounds good to you, then keep an eye out for details for your best year. We're going to be launching later in November. The planning weekend is December 5th and 6th, so mark it on your calendars. So many more details are coming soon. I'm so excited to see all of you um, going through the next right step experience and being able to bring people together in a big way online has made me feel very excited about being an online facilitator because I love this shit and you're going to feel the retreat vibes when we are in that weekend. You're going to feel nourished. You're going to feel full and we're going to plan and have the best time. (laughs) So reviewing the five reasons why planning is important and critical for our mental health and well-being. The first Achievement is a key aspect of well-being models um, and research-backed models of of human flourishing. The second is it provides motivation and momentum in your day-to-day life, that thing that pulls you forward. The third is it can help prevent burnout and help us recover from burnout. The fourth is it can help you actually implement your self-care. It can take your intentions for taking care of yourself and make it into action for taking care of yourself, which it is critical now more than ever. Task-based planning increases our self-efficacy. So making lists, planning things out can help us feel more confident and capable in ourselves to move through hard seasons. And this is a very hard season. So let's plan. Let's write shit down. And let's go and continue moving through this season with as much hope and care for ourselves and belief in ourselves that we can muster. And let's refill our cups slow and steady. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week. It feels so good to be back on the mic, on on the show. And I'm excited for us to keep diving into planning over the next few weeks. And I can't wait to see you in class for your best year. As always, we have journal prompts for you in the weekly newsletter. You can go to gomal.com slash 47 because we have now gotten fancy to check out all the resources that come with this episode, including journal prompts, art, playlists, and more. I love my team. They have been working so hard on the back end. Daniela has been my right hand when it comes to all things social media that you've been seeing. Um, supporting me on getting our workflow around the blog posts and this show down to a science. And I just want to give a massive shout out to my team because without them, I wouldn't have made it through this season. They inspire me every single day. I'm so lucky to work with the people that I work with. And 
I love all of you for showing up, for your comments, for your DMs. Please reply to the newsletter. Let me know how you're feeling. Leave reviews on the show on iTunes. Please let's let our team know how this has been impacting your life, how the show, how our work has been impacting your life. It would mean the world to us. So until next time, I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and take some time for you today, this week, and be well. Let's get our planning on. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.